Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from gorgeous Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the nominated podcast. <laughs> I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. And coming up today, we're going to be talking about the big Mormon revelation this week. Uh, they're, they're showing off uh, a peep stone, everyone. <laughs> Sounds so dirty when you peep say stone. it. I like to call it a seer stone. Ah, uh, that's what they like to call it, too. Yeah. Even though Joseph Smith, didn't he call it peep, a peep stone? At one I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with absolutely that's what he called it. Because you got to do your peeping. You got you to peep. He was a peeping Joe, is what he was. This is actually kind of a big revelation. Well, kind of. Uh, I, th- I think it's a crazy thing. I mean, what are they going to show off next? The Sword of Laban? Like, I mean, seriously. like We'll get to all of that later <laughs> uh, in the show. Uh, yeah. But before that, hey, we went to Texas. We did go to Texas. Uh, we should we should briefly mention how that went. Yeah, um, yeah, we should. We went as as most of our listeners know. We went because we were finalists for the Academy of Podcasters Award. Yeah, and uh, we didn't win. Uh, no. As we predicted, as you as were we were right, Dan. We were correct. <laughs> Predictions uh, all came true. Uh, uh, yeah. It was some Christian show beat out all of the atheist slash yeah, skeptical shows. That was really bullshit. But well, I mean, one thing that was clear from their videotaped acceptance speech. Yeah, uh, I think we were the only people in our category that showed up. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, the video uh, made it clear that they had a lot of money. Yeah, that- there were a lot of people there. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah, and I will say this: our, I think our big triumph was that people really got a good laugh out of our title. Uh, that was a big. That yeah, was, I like. I was expecting a little scattered chuckle. I get, usually, what we get with that, usually my experience is that it's like a it's it's a hand grenade joke. You you pull the pin, you lob it at the person, and then they get the blank face, mm-hmm. and then like, you, like the guy on the elevator, and then you look at him for a minute, and then they go. Oh, I get it. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, people got it right away, and it was they, yeah. we got a we got a good laugh. Yeah. Or the guy on the elevator, the first person we met, <laughs> with a, a, who a, who we the, we theorized was a Mormon. Yeah, because he was wearing a white T-shirt under his orange T-shirt. Yeah, it which was, is generally a sign that he's wearing temple kinda, garments. Kind of a Mormon thing, but he uh, he didn't he didn't like he didn't like the whole atheist thing. No, he was. Huh, that was the one that's, thing. That's a clever name. Yeah, it was very funny because when we... Uh, That's an interesting name. Because, like, every conversation you have there, the second sentence that someone says is, so what's your show? Yeah. And you know that's to be understood. It's a it's a con- it's a convention of podcasting. Yeah. So everybody's got a show, right? And uh, when or people, not yet, or not yet, the, right? The trippy part about yeah. The there were thing. there were two or three people that we met who hadn't started their show yet and were there to I guess learn how to do it. Yeah, great. They want to start smart, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they spent a lot of money to go to that convention <laughs> to learn about it. Anyway, they. Uh, it is funny because, you know, when people ask you what what's your show, like this guy, we were like, so what's your show? And he said, oh, I do a podcast about WordPress. Yeah. Which we're like, it, oh, we use WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. I mean, it's to me, nerdy. Yeah. In my mind, I, like in my mind, I'm like, how do I say anything about that without revealing that it sounds like the most boring show on the planet? <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, we, we, we use WordPress. Great. And he was like, great. What's your show? And we were like, thank God I'm atheist. And he went. Um. Oh, 
Well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting name, I think is what he said. He commented on the title specifically. Right. right. Huh. Yeah. Huh. So we tended huh. to get two different responses. Yeah. One of the responses was that, and the other response was, oh, like, oh, I'm one of you people, yeah. Yeah, 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 which yeah. was always a good thing. Always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we didn't yeah. win this year. We we guarantee we will win it next year. We are, really? We are take, going, we're wow. taking hold the, home the gold. Okay. Next year. All right. Uh, as as we work, I mean, we've got goals. We're we're trying to get money to improve the thing and whatever. We we yeah. We're working. Here's a goal, Dan. What? Let's start the show. <laughs> hey, do you have a story? I've got a story. Yeah, you you're you're goddamn right. I've got a story. <laughs> uh. I'm going to start with a story that I actually promised people in our in our uh, Google Hangout that I would do, and then yeah. forgot to do it last week. <laughs> oh, uh, that's be- right. I also promised them that I might forget to do it. So I feel like I now I've covered both of our promises. Yeah, okay. Both of my promises good, good, good. on this front. Okay. Um, the, the, a monument has been revealed Whoa? in uh, in Michigan, as a matter of fact. In, oh, this ex- okay. Yeah, okay. In Detroit. Okay. Uh, it is the Baphomet statue um, from the satanic temple and uh and it is finally revealed and it is uh it's glorious <laughs> beautiful it's actually stunning as, yeah. as, just as a work of art it's actually quite beautiful good work uh, done on it uh, yeah quality work i'm actually super impressed by it uh <laughs> it's giant and it's uh it's awesome um they had to change some of their plans uh when they were doing the re- the, oh. the revelation of this thing um, multiple oh. sources uh, were threatening to destroy it and or, uh, in one case, burn it down. It's stone, right? Uh, it's metal. It's metal. Yeah. I guess it could melt down. Yeah, you can't really burn it down, though. <laughs> I mean... Burn down the building it's in. Right, I don't just know. Just to have this f- this Baphomet surrounded by flames. Right, which, which <laughs> yeah, that would be... That'd be awesome, actually. Uh, they had to change the original venue where they were going to do it. They are they they uh, had a contract with a uh, with an area with a thing with yeah. a place. Okay, um, that they rented, and uh, and then the uh, the owner backed out. What a jerk! Uh, said that he didn't know uh, that the uh, that it, there was an unveiling of a of a statue, and he didn't know all this stuff. I didn't know what a bathmat was. <laughs> right. I thought it was a bath mat. <laughs> of course you can display your bath mat. You want to display a bath mat, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> it's a little strange. <laughs> is will there be an open bar? Well, right. cash bar. All right, right. Uh, well, cash bar is okay. Uh Lucian Greaves, the uh Satanic Temple uh co founder, uh finds his his claim that he didn't know the, what was going on a mm. little specious as uh hmm. the contract Listed. Is that the word he used? No, okay. uh, that was my word. Okay. Uh, the the contract uh, specified that we are. This is his quote: uh, "The very contract specified that we are the Satanic Temple." So, so the guy had entered basically. He'd entered a, a contract, con- right? One of the parties the listed Satanic Temple. was called the Satanic Temple, <laughs> but he didn't clue in until later. <laughs> Uh, he uh, Greaves seems strangely close to other kinds of contracts. Lucian Greaves thinks that it was there was pressure from uh, from local Christian groups. Um, there were That's, there, yeah okay, uh, including um, so one of the quotes uh, on a Facebook post says, 
It is every Christian's duty to destroy this. If you see it, destroy this statue. Destroy this statue. Destroy this statue. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, with that in mind, they had to take some precautions before uh, allowing anyone to be at the ceremony. It seems like uh-huh. that was wise of them okay. to, to opt out of just allowing anyone to come. Yeah. yeah. So, here's what they did. <laughs> They made you, you sign a contract. If, so they, they, they said that, there was, that the meeting was going to be at a specific place. Well, everybody showed up at that specific place, and that's where they had to sign the contract. And once they signed the contract, they got the actual location. No way. Here's what the contract said. Okay. I kind of love this. I agree that by signing this document under any name given or adopted, actual or pseudonymous... I hereby, I am hereby avowing my soul to Satan, <laughs> a.k.a. Abba, Abba, Abaddon, a.k.a. Lucifer, a.k.a. Beelzebub, a.k.a. the Antichrist. I do so knowing that he, a.k.a. the Fallen One, a.k.a. the Father of Lies, or any of his representatives may choose to collect my eternal soul at any time with or without notice. I understand that my signature or mark representing any name, real or made up, upon these papers constitutes a lasting and eternal contract and that there will be no further negotiations on the matter of my eternal soul. <laughs> <laughs> so a Christian who's wanting to go... They have to like, face down that piece of paper. All right, well played. I feel well like played, that Christian. is fucking well genius. It, it just plays into this mind... I just believe in these guys so much. <laughs> I just love them so goddamn much. They're doing the Lord's work. They are doing the Lord yeah. Lucifer's work. They're doing the Dark Lord's work. The Dark Lord's work, and uh, <laughs> and it's working. And it was a, a you know. So yeah, you had to you had to go through a whole lot to uh, to get to this event. Yeah, apparently. Wow. Okay. Oh, what a great thing. And th- when they unveiled it, these two sort of shirtless men in tight pants pulled off the the uh the sheet and then promptly went and kissed each other in front of it <laughs> <laughs> that's just gr- that's gratuitous yeah that that crosses a line of good taste <laughs> that i i'm just not as a gay man you as just a gay man, you're just not going to go that into was that purely for spectacle yeah <laughs> I feel like that uh, that serves their purposes. <laughs> Spectacle. And the, while that was happening, they were just scanning the crowd. <laughs> did someone actually sign it? Did any, ah, there's the disgusted face. Did anyone flinch? Oh. Yeah, get him out of here. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I like to... Uh, this is almost an update. It's a new instance mm. of a story that uh, we covered a while back uh, dealing with uh, Canada Post oh. and their... Postal carriers, sure. They're uh, highly. Um, what's the right word for their postal workers? Let, we'll, we'll save that, <laughs> that 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 judgment for later. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, we have another instance of letter carriers in Canada refusing to deliver the mail. Oh no! Based on the mail, they are based so- on the contents <laughs> of the mail. Get your act together, Canada Post. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, go on. So uh, this one is a, uh, apparently it's a fairly graphic anti-abortion flyer. Oh. Uh, that is also, um, uh, let's see, it, uh, it's an anti-abortion flyer that targets 
um, liberal leader Justin Trudeau. Oh. Um, and uh, the uh, the postal carriers have uh, they, they, somehow they become aware of the contents. It sounds like they're opening other people's mail. Well, maybe um, they got one in the mail first. Maybe they did. <laughs> maybe it's possible. Uh, anyway, they um, they they they're saying that. Um, well, here here's a quote. Uh, this is the president of the Canadian Union of Postal Workers in Saskatoon. Uh-huh. Um, he says most of the letter carriers that I've heard from, um, who are from the union office, are horrified. They don't want to be subjected to the public scrutiny by delivering a flyer that obviously is a political flyer made to shock people. And this is a she, actually. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Julie Sanderson. Uh, a lot of them feel as though Canada Post should not be engaging in this type of delivery. What? It's not the Postal Service's call. Right. Unless there, you are truly breaking some sort of, like, real rule, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if, it, if you're if, attaching if, hazardous materials to this flyer or something, you know? Like, or, okay. Or, you know, the, to carry the flyer is, you know, advocating for the murder and overthrow of the government. Yeah. That might be a problem. That might be a thing that they could say no right. to. There's but cocaine like, in it, maybe. If there was a little baggie of cocaine attached to it. Why not? You probably can't do that. Right. Although they'd probably be more inclined to deliver them. <laughs> well, what's right? amazing to me is like, trust me, you deliver far worse shit. It's just enclosed envelopes. Yeah, absolutely. You deliver horrifying shit. And also, it's not your job to be the judge of the mail. And nobody's judging you by what you're delivering. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's Everybody going, knows that it's the sender. Nobody's going, that postal worker's a crazy person. Why are they, he just gave me? Look what he delivered to me from my Uncle Bob. <laughs> Postal worker, what's wrong with you? This is this is killing the messenger, right? Yeah. No. Literally, this is uh, that's what this is. This yeah. Is. The ca- Canadians, if that's your practice, stop. Right. You're doing it wrong. It's not him or her. <laughs> your your letter carrier, your postal worker, uh slow though they may be, cuz Canada <laughs> Post's a bit of a nightmare. Is it really? A little slow. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, it's nothing to do with them, what they no, bring to you. No, no. Unless they sent it. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, and of a- course the article does also quote people who are like, who say basically what we just said, which is, uh, no, no, not, not, not our place. Right. You did it wrong. Yeah. That's not, that's not it. That's, uh, I, really? You want to become the arbiters of what, like. Oh yeah. You don't want to. <laughs> oh, that that catalog is just tacky. Right, exactly. Now. You know what? A Harriet Carter. Have you ever had a Harriet Carter delivered to you? No. It's like a Sky Mall, but tackier. Oh. Right? Um, I've seen an Archie McPhee. You ever seen an Archie McPhee? <laughs> no, Those know. are pretty funny. <laughs> they're, they're deliberately lots, tacky. Lots of just like cat <laughs> products, cat scratch it's, posts. It's, uh, really no, it's, it's more, it's, it's, it's like deliberately tacky stuff. Oh, okay. It's, it's funny. Okay, this one, Harriet Carter's not deliberately tacky, <laughs> right it's just appalling as to like the crap that's in that thing oh, well anyway you're insulting some listener right now harriet carter herself yes oh. she's a she's a long time listener zero time caller <laughs> well, anyway. harriet if you're out there let us know <laughs> i won't diss on your catalog anymore yeah anyway uh that's there you go i'm gonna move on to jerusalem the holy land Yes. Uh, where 
there's a lot of, um, you know, you, you get the religious types a lot in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, hmm. uh, it's okay. mo- it's mostly them. Although hmm. there's there's variants there are various kinds of Jews right so you get the Reformed Jews you get oh, the yeah, ultra Orthodox yeah. Jews or whatever that's not even the 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 end of the religious types no not just Jews no but it's I mean it's 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 meant to be the Jewish state this Jerusalem is, this Israel Israel yeah okay and Jerusalem's in Israel no I know that yeah but there's a ton tons of Christians in Muslims. There. I know it's just wackadoo over there. <laughs> it's just wackadoo. Here's the, here's what I'm getting at. Uh, they had a a gay pride parade, which they've uh, been having for a good while, actually. Okay. Surprisingly, in Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, really? Considering how much like the ultra orthodox kind of control the government there and kind of control things. Yeah. Uh, it's it's shocking that they would have it. Um, huh. At this gay pride parade, uh, there was a, tra- a, a, a true tragedy. Uh, a man, an ultra orthodox man, went into the crowd and started stabbing people, uh, oh, in- God. In- injuring at least uh, five, killing one. So, oh, uh, so yes, it was horrific. Do they do they know that it's actually a an Orthodox Jew or was it a Mexican they hired to uh, <laughs> oh go my into God. the crowd to stab? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Franklin has just been possessed by Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm referencing the article. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're uh. referencing a story we did a couple weeks ago. No, this was an actual Orthodox Jew. Uh, if, okay. you, if you tugged his beard, it would stay attached. <laughs> um, uh, not this. This is a really stupid thing to have had have happened, especially considering that the assailant, one Yeshai Schlissel, uh, was arrested in just barely got out of prison. Oh, ten years after he was arrested for, wait for it, mm-hmm. stabbing people at the gay pride parade. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No, <laughs> that's. He he literally just was just released. First thing he did, well, might as well go stab some people. Boy, yeah, the uh, he—that's his mission in life, isn't it? Yeah, he uh, he he uh, spoke. He said to police that he had come to quote kill in the name of God. Wow. So uh, this time he actually managed to kill someone. I oh assume God. that means that uh, it'll be more than ten years before he gets another oh shot God. at this. Well, just like the repeat offender aspect of it as well. Like it, it's crazy. This guy needs to be locked up. It's almost Period. as if his rehabilitation didn't work. <laughs> didn't stick. Somehow it didn't take. <laughs> and how could that be? Because we all know prison works so well for that sort well, of thing. Yeah. I mean, other systems might do better than the American system. I mean, I don't want to. Maybe. I don't want to, uh, you know, say things about the, the the Israeli system that I don't know. But yeah, who knows? Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, like the, uh, crazy. the Israeli prime minister, said, uh, quote, in, in Israel, everyone, including the gay community, has the right to live in peace and we will defend that right. Uh, he called it a despicable hate crime. So, well, all right. At least he's on the right side of of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so weird in Israel. I was talking at the podcast convention. I was talking to a podcaster who is a 
She's a uh, uh, a science. She does a science show. She describes herself as an atheist Jew. Okay. She is of Jewish descent. She uh-huh. she's lived mi- uh, multiple times in Israel. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and I was talking to her about her experiences in is- in Israel, and she she told very conflicting stories. One time, she was uh, apparently, I think she was jogging, and she was wearing like a tank top and short, and, you know, and shorts, and had an ultra orthodox Jew spit on her. So that's good. Uh, you know, that he felt, they sound like really good neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just live outside of the string and you're fine, at least on Sabbath or whatever. Uh, but, but then, uh, she told another story of an, uh, of an Orthodox Jew who, uh, saw her, she was wearing something equally revealing, I guess. And, and this Orthodox Jew, it was some, uh, what holy day was it? It was some holiday. You know, the Jews have a lot of them. Uh-huh. And he asked her if she had done the thing that you do on that day. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was. Okay. And she said no. And then he invited her into his house, being dressed improperly, uh, to do the thing. Whatever the thing was that you do on that day. So that's nice, I guess. I guess the, the takeaway is, you don't know who to trust. Yeah. To, or the takeaway is, just uh, cover yourself, ladies. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> That's horrid, Dan. Yeah. All right. Move on. All right. uh, You know, I'm worried about a group of people in this country, Dan. Is it? um, uh, They're they're put upon. (laughs) Just put upon. It's not the postal workers, is it? No, this is this country. Oh, okay. Uh, No, it's uh, clergy. Oh. The clergy in this nation, they're... They have it so rough. They're having a rough time. You know, this whole gay marriage thing has happened, and they just... They just don't know what's gonna. They don't. They don't know. They don't know what's gonna happen. No, you know, and they're all just terrified. Terrified that they're gonna be forced to perform gay marriage. Right. It would be the worst. This is thing. the next thing coming down the line. It would be the worst thing that ever happened. Forced if they had to do marriages. Oh, you know, on on on. on it's uh, it's just. Like, uh, I mean, obviously, no one's actually talking about making them do this except <laughs> them yeah. well but they're the, terrified the uh the, the 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 republican uh speaker or uh, house speaker from georgia mm-hmm. uh david ralston um he wants to make sure that um that the right that the clergy already have which, to refuse to perform gay marriages is actually protected by law oh good I, or should I say by an additional law? Okay. Uh, right. By a lesser law, actually, because their right to not do this is enshrined in the Constitution. Right. But he wants to make sure that there's a state law. Right. Well, I also says this, just something that's passed by the House, not even, not even added to the Georgia state constitution. Um, sure. So um, he, uh, he says, we will reinforce our commitment to the separation of church and state as well as reaffirm the right of the clergy to carry out their duties as their religious beliefs, not government prescribes. <laughs> wow. It's almost like he wants it to be as it already is. Yeah. And, and the man's already an attorney. Uh, oh, my so God. He, he knows. He knows that it's pointless. Right. I mean, this is just for political points. Right. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's so that he can. It's, it's so that he, everyone in his congregation or everyone who, you know. 
whatever he is. What, what's he going for? Is he a minister? Or is he a, oh, he's a politician. He's a politician. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's everyone, all of his constituents can see how hard he's fighting uh, mm-hmm. this, these invisible dragons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the gay rights group uh, Georgia Equality um, said it would not object to the current proposal. Yeah. Why? Why waste your breath? Yeah. Why do anything? It's already there. Yeah. They, I it, don't object to it. It's stupid. But I don't object to it. <laughs> You're fine if you want to. Uh, what they should right. do is they should fully endorse it, and then like try and then like try to make it theirs, so that so that it suddenly seems like it's at the gay it's the gay agenda. Right. I, I just I just like the idea of them embracing this too much of them saying, oh yeah. We're uh, we've been working with the senator for you know for a long time. We're very pleased that he's finally putting our bill into the action and and this bill that we love so much and blah blah blah. Just, just so that screw with them, yeah. Just so that the Christians are all like, wait a minute, why is he doing a gay bill? What's <laughs> what? Why is this bill a gay bill? Why does he like the gays so much? Why is he working with the gay community? Right. <laughs> Get them all very confused. Uh, all right. Okay. That's diabolical, Dan. I oh, I'm a diabolical thinker. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I'm going to take us to, uh, I think it's Missouri. Oh, Indiana. Sorry. Uh, at Forest Park Elementary School. Uh, a very adorable little seven-year-old. I'm going to assume that seven-year-old is adorable. Um, he, I don't actually know anything about him because he uh, is anonymous. Uh, because there's a lawsuit being filed. Oh. Um, which was obtained by the Washington Post, uh, suing Forest Park Elementary School uh, because this... Here's what happened. Kids are playing on the playground. Apparently, some kids asked this little boy, uh, what church do you go to? Okay. He said, I don't go to church. I don't believe in God. Uh-huh. Great. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, Smart he, kid. Then the little kids all... Uh, were mean to him and then went and told the the teacher. Okay. The teacher's they, they, response. They tell on the kid for not believing in God. Kinda. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's the teacher's response was um to ask him so so she she took him aside, Ms. Mm-hmm. Meyer took him aside mm-hmm. and and asked uh if he had told this little girl that he didn't believe in God. Mm. And he said he had uh, uh, he had, uh, he said he asked what he had done wrong. She said if he went to she asked if he went to church, whether his family went to church, and whether his his mother knew how he felt about God. She also asked him if he believed that maybe God exists. When he didn't, when she didn't like uh, his <laughs> response, she made him sit away from the other children during lunch. What? She she isolated him completely for three days. What? Until the mother had to, like, like he came home crying enough that yeah. the mom, like, had to call into the school and they conferenced in the teacher who was like, yeah, I totally did that. <laughs> he needed to be ostracized. They took the, they, apparently they went to some uh, administrator. The uh, teacher's a fucking bully. And the administrator got on board and was like, and, and like talked to like the little girl who was all traumatized by this kid not believing in God. Apparently the, 
the 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 I don't know if it was a counselor or what, but this administrator like patted the little girl on the hands and said, don't you, you just ignore him. Don't you worry about it. Don't let it hurt your feelings. Didn't say anything to the kid. So, yeah, it's, it's horrific. I mean, so this lawsuit basically, I mean, basically they just kept reinforcing and this kid just kept asking what he did wrong. And and just all he did was get punished. Oh, my God. Uh, this school district, for what it's worth, uh, has it indicated that they think that the teacher was wrong to single out the child. They have or haven't? They have indicated that. Okay. Uh, they say uh, it is clear uh, that it is not the province of a public school to advance or inhibit religious beliefs or practices. Under the First and Fourteenth Amendments of the Constitution, this remains the inviolate province of the individual and the church of his or her choice. Wow. Uh, the, the rights of any minority, no matter how small, must be protected, they said. Well, good. I uh, hope I just... God. Well done, school district, after you... <laughs> after, after, like... This colossal fuck-up. Where did could you say this was? In Indiana. Oh. Yeah. Just horrific. Just, I, just, how is it okay to treat a child, a seven-year-old, like this? Isolated, in, apparently, uh, to keep him from hurting other students' feelings, because mm. he said things that were offensive, like clearly, like I believe. Wow. Or I don't believe. Right. So, well, all right. That's a horrible story, Dan. Yeah. You just kind of ruined my day. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, I've got one more. Uh, so there's a trend in the UK, apparently, Dan. Okay. It's uh, becoming quite popular. It's taking over. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's uh, come to the attention of the Church of England. The C of E. The C of E. Okay. And they're outraged by this very new trendy thing. Um. And they are denouncing treating bereaved relatives as portable rema- remains. What? what? <laughs> this is, the headline had me so confused. So apparently there's this growing trend where family members are seeking to exhume bodies to move them back home. Oh. When they move. Oh, right. Like if they, if the, the sons, your, your, you know, I don't know, husband or wife, you're living in this town X, right? Yeah. And, uh, they, they pass away. Yeah. And well, you have them buried, right? Sure. Nearby. Sure. That's probably just what you're going to do. You're there for, you know, who knows how long. Right. It's expensive to ship a body. Sure. Years later, uh, you got the money and you're moving back home and. You, you want you want to bring you want grandma to come along grandma along okay and so you're petitioning the government to uh to, to allow you to issue an, a, a license to dig her back up to dig her back up and move her back home well the church of of england is absolutely outraged um because according to the burial act of 1857 okay remains can only be exhumed uh, on the authority of the justice secretary or the Church of England, or or from the Church of England, if on consecrated ground. So it's, okay. Uh-huh. And so 
you have placed that body in God's care in the ground, waiting for the resurrection. Okay. And so by exhuming it, you're taking it from God's care. <laughs> you're just you're, treating it like it's a body that you're, you need to let go of this person. You're, they're you're, in God's care. You're, you're like, they're no longer yours. Here's the deal. Here's what's going on. <laughs> uh, God has uh, basically secretaries in heaven. Well, you know, administrative assistants in heaven uh-huh. that have basically filed where all the bodies are. Right. Do you know the paperwork involved in heaven in transferring remains from point A to point B? That's horrid. Horrid. Absolutely yeah. horrid. I mean, all these things have to be done in triplicate. Oh, my God. They got to, you've got to, you've got to, it's got to go to like 10 different departments. If you forget one of them, everything is fucked up. They've been trying to do this like computer switchover for, for a long time. It's just, and it's heaven, right? Like God likes paper. Yeah. God likes the old fashioned way. He does. He does. He's got a card catalog. Digitizing the whole thing is nearly impossible. It's going to just take forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. He might be omnipotent. An omniscient, but he doesn't want to deal with this one. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not his job. That's somebody else's job no. in heaven. These these bodies have already been entrusted to him. Yeah, exactly. He, what's he going to do? Just be okay with you moving it? Yeah. I, I, I want to point something out. I just I just uh, Googled the burial act uh, and, and was reading a little bit about it as you were mm. talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, apparently... Uh, the act made it illegal. This is from uh, Wikipedia. The okay. act made it illegal to disturb a grave other than for an officially sanctioned exhumation. Uh, the act did not make it illegal to steal a dead body. Oh. And it is only the opening of the grave which constitutes an offense, oh. not the removal of the contents. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just love that line. I had to read it to you because it has nothing to do with this, with the article, but that's No, but funny. it is. It's interesting that. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, uh, isn't but that, isn't that but it also provides for ex- exhumation. Yeah, but like that's crazy. That's it, so funny. It is interesting. I will say this: it is kind of crazy. I think personally, to be that connected to that person's burial place, the person is has, has moved on. Yeah. You have them in your memory. Going to this physical place or having the body near you. There is something really weird about that. Maybe. I mean, I think people... To me. Here's the thing. I know that a lot of people really like to visit a specific place, and that's sort of how they... It's, it's, it can be nice to associate a physical place with the memory of a person. Right. It's a place where you can go, you can sort of touch a thing. Right. And, and, that, and that, that means something. Right. If the actual body isn't there, I wonder if psychologically it means less. It's harder to psychologically transfer those feelings to a space where that physical body doesn't exist. Now, you're right. Clearly, I mean, this is the whole point with, like, the, you know, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Right. Right. You don't have... The the remains of your loved one who went off to war didn't come home. And so having that that one marker gives you that place. Right? Is that the yeah, psychology? I, I think that's thing? part of it. I think that's part of it. But it w- but I would imagine that it would be nicer for those people to know where that actual body was. Sure. But it gives them some some relief right. to just know that there is an unidentified soldier and it could possibly maybe be their brother or son. Right. Yeah, I guess so. 
I just right. feel, yeah, sure. There's something, they're able to attach to it. Right. Because yeah. there is a body in there. There is someone. And that's interesting. I don't know. Like how, like you have, I don't know if how you feel about me bringing this up, but you have the remains of your father downstairs. Yes. Dad's downstairs. Some of him. Some of him has actually been uh, scattered at, okay. a, at, at, at an undisclosed location. I mean, what do you think of having your father's remains in the house? Like, do you have some feeling about that? Uh, not particularly. I, to be perfectly honest, I'm not someone who thinks in symbols. Right. I'm not someone who thinks in... in, in uh, I, I, I don't think of that as my dad. That is a bunch right. of ashes. Right. Uh, it's interesting to have a thing that I can sort of look at. And, and when I look at it, you know, if I'm thinking about him, I'll look at that and just sort of ponder him. Yeah. And, and, and the loss of him. It's a focal point. Yeah. Um, but I could just as easily look at a picture of him. Right. Um, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, it means something, I guess. Huh. There's some meaning to it. Huh. Uh, I would feel weird if someone stole it. Well, that would be a weird thing to do. It would be a weird. Th- it's a lovely. I've, I've got a. Lo- I've got him in a beautiful box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a very well, nice, nice box. Um, but I, I one that's very fitting, as well. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we had it made for him. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I just it's just I. Frankly, you know, I feel like my experience is mine and everybody has their own experience. And yeah. if it means something to you to move grandma to back to wherever you're from or whatever, right. I'm not that worried about it. However, I do know that there are lots of times when, you know, there's going to be some some familial arguing about where grandma's supposed to go or whatever. Yeah. So frankly, I wouldn't do it just because you're just tempting the rest of the family to throw a fit, and then you've got, and then you've <laughs> well, just got to fight on well, your yeah, hands. That's a terror. That, that seems you don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to do that. No, indeed. Well, if you guys have anything you want to say about uh, any of these lovely issues, there are ways of getting in touch with us. There are ways of you forwarding this information unto us. This is true. Uh, you can write to us, and that would be podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. or. You can leave us a voicemail. Mm-hmm. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Sure, do that. Uh, go to the Facebook page, will you? It's facebook.com slash Atheist and press that like button. Yeah, or also on Facebook, you can search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Uh, and then once you do that, you can uh, request to join and uh, you'll be let in. Yeah, here's the deal, though. I'll tell you this. You need to do both of those two Facebook things because it makes it so much easier for me. Because here's the thing. I have, yeah. to, I have to Facebook stalk you in order to let you into the, to the members-only lounge. Right. I got a backlog. I got to get work through it sure, today. Um, but uh, if, I, if I'm going through your likes and I see, thank God I'm atheist, in your likes, you're automatically in. Well, all right. Makes it super easy for it's me. good to know. So do that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, this is Pat Robertson. Patty boy. He, uh, he's got some advice on, on uh, how, how, you can, how you can be straight, how you can make yourself straight. Good. This is Ian who says, I am really in deep confusion and I really need answers. Can God take away this same-sex attraction? Can God change a homosexual to straight? Uh, we have had people on this program. Yeah. There was one guy, I'll, I'll never forget him. Because he came 
we show him as a woman, and as a woman, he was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous, but he was a man. And the Lord touched him, changed him, and now he is married and has some children and has a very happy life. Yes, God can. It's a miracle, but God can do it. It is a tendency in your life. Somebody was asking me for counsel the other day and said, I've got this uh, son, and he was effeminate from the time he was young, and now he, he's, he says he's gay. And I said to her, I said, does he want to be a girl? And she said, no. Well, I said, well, if he doesn't want to be a girl, basically he wants to be a man. Mm -hmm. And if he wants to be a man, there's no reason that he can't start acting like one. Mm -hmm. God can take care of this. And uh, uh, I know it used to be considered psychologically that this was an aberration and so forth. But now, uh, as a matter of fact, if somebody counsels this in yes. school, I mean, they come against you. you, you you're violating somebody's civil rights. But the truth is, you ask me a question. The question is, can God do it? The answer is, not only he can, he will. Frank, do you want to be a girl? No. Then act like a man, you, <laughs> you queer. Dan, I think I'm. I think I act like a man. Yes, I, I think. I think. I think that's part of the confusion I think, here. I think I. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know if the word manly, wise. <laughs> you're. You're man-esque, mannish. Sure, man, manful. Can I call you manful? Manful. <laughs> if if I was a woman, they'd say I'm hands I'm a handsome woman. <laughs> say they would say you're a mannish woman. A mannish woman. So you're you're mannish. You're manly. <laughs> Look at that beard on you. You're manly. Manly. Uh, manly. But you the problem is, I'm still gay. I've been acting. I've been acting straight this whole time. And yet, you're been acting like a man. I've been acting straight. Wait, it that didn't, sounds wrong. That came out totally wrong. I have not been acting straight. No, you've I been just act acting like, like a man. But I act like a man. And yet, you still like other men? It's really strange. It's almost as if Pat Robertson doesn't know what gay is. Yeah, but he sure knows a pretty lady when he sees one. <laughs> gorgeous. Gorgeous. Ooh! <laughs> oh, I'm feeling confused right now. Oh, my God. She's oh, I would gorgeous. hit that so hard if it had a vagina. Eh, uh, does that even matter that much? She's yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> hey, gorgeous, turn around for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, we had uh, many people uh, writing and calling into us this week. Indeed, I'll, yeah. I'll start with Nate. Okay. Nate says, hey, Frank and Dan, it's Nate, the closet atheist again. I'm writing for some advice on coming out to my family as an atheist. Mm, okay. Uh, oops. I just clicked him away. Yeah, uh, coming out to my family as an atheist. I've been moving. I'll be moving from St. George, Utah to uh, U USU in Logan. Okay. Near the end of the month. Okay. That's the uh, Utah State University. And I'll and be from one end of the state to the other. Yes. From the far south to the far north. Yep. Uh, and I'll finally be in an independent situation. I was hoping you guys could give me some tips on expressing my beliefs or lack thereof without ruining my already strained relationship with my parents. Ugh. But on the other hand, I also need them to know that I'm serious. I actually told my mom I don't believe in Mormonism about two years ago, and she insisted I couldn't possibly have made that, that decision, <laughs> and I eventually gave in and pretended to be re uh, reconverted just to keep the peace. Oh... But okay. now they're expecting me to serve a mission, so I need to tell them before the end of the semester. 
I remember from your interview with Dan's psychotherapist friend uh, that intent is the most important thing. And my intent, as he said, is to be known. Hmm. Any advice or support you guys could give would be greatly appreciated. I uh, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. All right. Well, you're in a, it's tricky. It's yeah. a tricky space, Nate. Yeah. Uh, and I think you need to remember, as we often say, that this is not an immediate conversation, but a a years-long conversation yeah. that yeah. you're starting. Yeah, you're not you're not ending this conversation. There's you're, no one trick here to make this go well. You're beginning this conversation, yeah. and they're not going to. Ha- it sounds to me like we can we can pretty much count on them not handling it tremendously well. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but here's here's the thing. Uh, start to think about. I, here's, so here's my first piece of advice. And also remember, Frank and I are not psychotherapists. We are just guys. So right. take everything we say with a grain of salt. Right. That said, I would say think about how this does actually affect what them and what it is that you're going to be affecting. Mm. Uh, they're going to be scared for you. Mm-hmm. They're going to be scared about what this means about them as parents mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and, and how it reflects on them in their community. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a big one for my parents. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of those things. So uh, just re- re- realize that those are sort of their issues, even though they're going to say that their big issue is, no, Jesus. Yeah. That's not really what's, what's scary for them. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of underlying things. And if you can sort of have those in your mind and in your heart as you have this conversation and understand, look, you're the strong one here. You're the one that's, that's, that, that, that has gone through some shit. They haven't gone through mm-hmm. this yet. You're the one who's ready for it. Right. Yeah. So you're going to have to be the strong one and mm-hmm. you're going to have to be the one who, uh, you know, if, if, if it doesn't work perfectly cause you're going to be nervous and you're going to be scared too. Yeah. Uh, so it, it very well may not work well yeah. the first few times. Just know that you've got years. You've got time. Yeah. Um, but good on you for not going on a mission. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just because the family wants it. Yeah. Don't do that. Ugh. Don't do that. <laughs> it's not going to. That won't, that won't work mean, well for you. I locked out. Well, yeah. I, I got to go eat good food and learn a foreign or really, you know, really beautiful foreign language and live in a beautiful country for two years. But you still had to like. I had to deal with some shit, but, like, at the same time, like, I was one of the lucky ones. Yeah. It's I, did, true. I didn't go to, you know, Alabama. Yeah. Yikes. <sighs> Nothing wrong with Alabama in general. Just not a great place to go on really? a mission. You're, 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 we met, we met some lovely people in Alabama, my <laughs> we friend. We did. That is true. There are a few... Nice people, right? In Alabama, I think we met them all. <laughs> we met, we met the, the the majority, the vast majority of good Alabamans. We did meet, um, but but yeah, just uh, just Nate, just remember that uh, the first of all, we support you. We're here for you. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and uh, t- let us know how it goes. Let us know how it goes. But 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 just just know that that you're putting them through something hard, and and you can be sensitive to that. Yeah. Um, but also, you have every right to your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And they ha- and they have to be sensitive to that. You don't they they don't get a say in what you believe. Yeah. No matter how much they think they do. Yeah. I'm gonna play an email or a voicemail. Okay, do it. Uh, this is from Thane, um, and he's gonna get to something in here. Uh, Nate was it? Nate. Yes. Yeah, Nate. Um, that uh, this is 
this is the kind of bullshit you have to deal with on a mission. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, and also, Thane uses a word in here, P-Day, that's going to need some explanation. Oh, sure. Uh, that's the missionary's personal day, or their, it's not really a day off, it's your time to do, like, your laundry. One, but, one day a week, a, a Mormon missionary gets a day yeah. to do their own thing. Right. And it's, uh, and it's not even the full day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Hello, Franklin and Daniel, long-time listener and supporter Thane here. Uh, I just got through listening to the last episode, wanted to get to two quick points. First, uh, call you out just a little bit. You chided uh, the uh, snake handlers a little bit for taking one uh, one verse out of the Bible and then kind of making a whole church out of it. Uh, I think we as Mormons might know a little bit about that. Uh, you know, the baptism for the dead doctrine from one verse out of the Bible. And uh, the other sheep I have, not of this whole doctrine, also one verse in the Bible. So I think we, uh, we're probably a little guilty of that ourselves. Um, anyway... And the second point was uh, you talked a little bit about the uh, face cards from Mormon Doctrine. Just a story from my mission in Norway, 1991 to 1993. We were playing uh, poker on uh, P-Days and, and some non-P-Day evenings. And uh, mission president caught wind of it, had us all uh, take the train in to his office where he yelled at us for about an hour about the face cards being of the devil. Specifically, uh, apparently – the uh, the face cards, the king, queen, and jack, uh, are all wearing the robes of the devil's priesthood, according to my mission president, who uh, who later became a 70 and who was obviously a huge fan of Bruce McConkie. Anyway, uh, still love your show, guys. After all these years, uh, keep it up. Keep going strong. Bye. Thanks, Lane. Yeah, thank you. Oh, boy. Yeah, don't play that poker. It's the devil's game. If it was just with some maybe some different cards, May- oh, play it with old maid cards. Yeah, there you'll you be go. totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I got four go fishes. They're the vestments of the the devil's priesthood. Right, they're not on those. Right, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're playing with the special satanic edition, the satanic temple version of uh, of old maid or, or go fish. Anyway, that's funny. Thanks uh, for uh, for calling in, Thane. Yeah. Uh, Christian wrote in, "Hi, Frank and Dan." On the topic of quote, no atheists in foxholes uh, argument, which a lot of people like to throw around. I think the best example uh, that we as atheists can point to uh, is the incredible true story of Joe Simpson's horrific climbing accident in 1985 de- depicted in the docudrama Touching the Void. Mm. After breaking his legs in the Andes, falling into a dark ice crevice with no way to climb out and deciding to go deeper into the darkness to find a way out, yeah. there was a very powerful moment in the film when Simpson says he was raised Catholic and he always wondered if he would turn to God when the shit really hit the fan. In his words, it never even occurred to him. <laughs> he believed that when you die, that's it. And yeah. if he wanted to survive, he had to rely on himself, not yeah. give up and hope some non-existent God would make it better. Yeah. Listeners should definitely check out the film if they it's haven't already. Film. Thanks, Have you Christian. seen it, Dan? I haven't. Oh, it's awesome. It's really... First of all, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's very well done. Oh, good. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's it's it's... Sounds harrowing. It is positively harrowing. That's the perfect word to describe his experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and amazing, like a total survivor. So. There you go. 
All right. Do we want to do another? Uh, do another voicemail. Another voicemail. Sure. Okay. Let me see. I have like a little new little systemy thing here. Um, all right. Um, so, uh, okay. This is Jessica. She's calling in to respond to a call last week from uh, Kelsey, who's a social worker. Oh, right, right, right. And she's uh, she's doing work in hospice, right? Right. And she had sort of the question of what to do with like religiousy people and how to just handle these really sticky situations that she finds herself in. So right. this is uh, Jessica's response. Hello, this is Jessica. I'm calling about the uh, hospice worker who called in for the last episode. So I'm a music therapist. Uh, there's uh, two things that I do if somebody is bringing in woo. Uh, I worked in end-of-life care and schools and daycares and all kinds of places, adult daycares. Um, and people bring woo into all kinds of, of medical uh, situations. So one thing that I do is my profession has a scope of practice that's a specific list of um, responsibilities, skills, abilities, things that I can do in a professional capacity. And if there's something that's not on this document, I can't do it legally uh, or ethically. So, for example, I could play a hymn with the patient to support them, to distract them from pain or to help them cope with hospitalization, but I can't pray with them or preach to them. So one thing I might do is just bring bring up my scope of practice and say, you know, I'm not trained to do that, so legally I can't, but let me call the chaplain or let me call somebody else who can help you out with this. The other thing I do is try to get at the root of the emotional motivation for bringing in woo, especially if it's like a, the family is bringing in something they want to do as a treatment and try to just uh, validate and, and speak to that motivation Um so I might say, wow, you know, I can really tell that you care so much about your family and you really just want to help them any way you can think of. And I can see how much you care about them. And sometimes kind of getting, putting the focus on that relationship between the family and the person they might lose meets the need that the family is trying to bring this woo into the situation to meet that need. And so if you help them meet that need, then they may be able to let go of the woo. Or it may help them trust you so that if you tell them it's not a good idea to, to use some kind of cleaning foot pads that you saw on the major TV, whatever, um, they may be able to let that go after they've had their, their emotions validated. So, all right. Keep up the good work. It was great to meet you in Fort Worth. Take care. Bye. Well, it's good to meet you, too. Yeah, Jessica. Jessica was part of our Fort Worth meetup when we went out to Texas. That was a, a yeah. fun time. You had... Maybe too much fun. <laughs> well, me or Jessica? You. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had I spent the next day in bed. Franklin was not was not entirely without hangover the next day. <laughs> 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 uh, I, was, I was in some pain. Yeah. Really um was. uh good 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 advice, Jessica. I actually yeah. really like all of that it's, advice. Yeah. Uh that really That's, really well uh, done. I I, I I can't imagine uh, Kelsey won't find that helpful. No. So. There you go. Uh, Tim wrote into us. Uh, Tim said, your memories of scouting in LDS troops really resonated with me. You'll recall, Franklin, that when we were talking about uh, Mormon scout troops, we talked about them as the most rag, rag and tag of troops. Well, they, they were, are. They are, <laughs> they are the worst. Uh, he says, I was a closeted atheist assistant scoutmaster in my son's non-LDS troop. 
A couple of times a year, I would run a skills station at the camperies where all the troops from our district would, would compete for ribbons. The patrols from LDS troops were consistently the worst performing, worst behaving patrols of the weekend. I remember one particular patrol that looked like it had walked off the film set of Lord of the Flies. One or two complete uniforms between them. Neckerchiefs used as headbands, (laughs) grimy faces as their... And they all had spears shaped in the campfire. Yeah, sounds about right. (laughs) Occasionally there would be a scout like Frank that really wanted to enjoy it and do well, but they were fighting a losing battle. Yeah. The LDS troops in general are held in rather low regard with, for their merit badge mills, spoon-fed 14-year-old Eagle Scouts, and really lame service projects. Mm. Uh, there are the idiots that to- they then there are the idiots that toppled the balanced rock uh, and chipped out dinosaur tracks. I was reading on exmormon.org that a large majority of the fatalities suffered by scouts occur in LDS troops. Given the level of skill and leadership I've observed, I can easily believe it. <laughs> oh, my God. No, um, that's true. That, that yeah. resonates with me. Yeah. I, I always got a kick out of our ragtagness. I thought it was a badge of honor. No. Apparently not. It's not Dan. So we have one more voicemail, don't we? We do, yeah. Um, this is a former Mormon ward clerk calling in. Uh, he didn't leave his name. Here's the thing. We talk, We made fun of ward clerks uh, <laughs> because we were talking about uh, these, these women in Mormonism who are these enforcers. Yeah. These terrifying, uh, goodly women who make sure that everybody else acts right. Right. And, they, and we had mentioned that they marry sort of milk toast boring guys who have no will of their own who end up being the ward clerk which is the, like the guy that sort of just least glamorous right you're like all you're doing you basically count the tithing as it comes in you you i'm sure you compile like all the uh, attendance records yeah you do the, the accounting yeah it's it's yeah anyway so, so here here's here's a call from someone who used to be one all right so i'm listening to the episode uh titled BSA, and um, you get to the point where you start talking about the uh, cadre of enforcers at BYU, and then you mentioned that um, the their men often become the ward clerk, and um, it was hilarious. But as a former ward clerk, I have to say that um, some of us are pretty cool. Um, we're not all uh, – I don't know. I just want to hear the stereotypes about the ward clerk because I was the ward clerk for – seven years before I left to become an atheist. So um, I'm not sure exactly what stereotype I was fulfilling, but yeah, they did kind of shove me off in a room um, and forget about me. So it was pretty funny. Um, Thanks. That was all I wanted to say. Bye. (laughs) I love it. That is awesome. Thank you. You you should have embezzled. You should have embezzled. Oh, Oh man, so awesome! Um, yeah, I don't know what else we need to really say. My Just... dad was a ward clerk. My dad was a stake clerk. Oh, really? For a while. Ah. I mean, it, it's to do. Uh, it's sometimes to do with uh, introversion. I think probably a little bit of that. Um, they, I, they I know they... often being older guys. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Like I remember, like older single men. Would often wind I feel up like as if, the old, if you're not clerk. gregarious enough to be like thought of in like teaching sort of capacities, right? Eventually, you're gonna get 
You're going to get clerked. Uh, you got clerked. <laughs> you done got clerked, son. I we I think more than anything, we just had a really good uh, <laughs> run going with talking about these these women at BYU. And yeah, well. So. But that's, that's the thing about Mormonism, you guys. You don't get to pick what your job is. No. They, they just haul you. At some point, somebody gives you a call. The bishop just calls you up and says, hey, uh... The Lord has inspired me that you should probably do our books. <laughs> that you should probably balance our checkbook. You might be good with numbers. Uh, what so, do you think, brother? What do you think? <laughs> and it's very rare that anyone turns anything down. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah, from time to time. All right, um, uh, we got some people next? to thank. Yeah, uh, and then we'll move on. Uh, thank you so much to Shelley uh, and to Mark, who both gave us a one-time donation and helped. Make our Texas dreams come true. Oh, they uh, were good dreams, too. They, we had a great time. Yeah. We had a no, good time. I liked Fort Worth. Fort Worth is kind of adorable. Yeah. You, it I was seems surprised. Their little downtown area is shockingly small to me. It yeah. feels yeah. like it should be... Because Fort Worth, I think of as a f- big sort of sister city to, to, to Dallas. No, it's the cute little one over there. That's why you always hear about... Dallas, but you rarely hear about Fort Worth. I'll tell you what, if they did a uh, an an evening time soap opera called Fort Worth, I'd watch that before. Far more interesting. I'd watch that before Dallas any day. <laughs> any day. All right. Anyway, well, we should get moving on. Uh, yes. Uh, so something happened. Uh, the LDS Church <sighs> revealed a thing. It's pretty amazing, actually. <clears throat> what is a, Here's what happened. They revealed a manuscript um, of the Book of Mormon. One of the original manuscripts mm. of the Book of Mormon. Now, the Book of Mormon has changed, has been changed uh-huh. a number of times. Right. Like, like thousands of tiny little changes. I think yeah. over a thousand tiny little what, changes. A couple examples, some famous ones, Dan. Uh, one famous, probably the most famous one, mm-hmm. is the scripture that talks about how the Lamanites, and here we're referring to the Native Americans, right. or the people who ended up being the Native Americans. Right. Uh, were dark, were cursed and marked with darkness. Uh-huh. But the Nephites, the other race of people on the American continents, were white and delightsome. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, which eventually was changed to pure and delightsome. Because, yes. because it yeah. had become about uh, race, and suddenly the whole race thing wasn't looking so good. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, back in the 60s, 70s or something, yeah. there's a, just a... They, can, they, they tweak things every once in a while. They just tweaked it they a little bit. don't make a big deal about it, you know. Right. Um, but, yes, lots and lots of changes. So this manuscript uh, is from a long time... Actually, did you know, do you know who's, uh, in whose possession this manuscript had been? That I don't know. The Community of Christ. No. Yes, this one has been, has been owned by the... Uh, the RLDS, the Reorganized Latter-day Saints, which eventually became the Community of Christ. Also, wonder an offshoot how... believers in, in Joseph Smith and, the, and sort of the, the basic Mormon tenets. How much do you think the downtown LDS church paid for it? Uh, I, I don't know. They worked together on the publication of this. Oh, they did? Yes. Oh, okay. Now, that's interesting. Uh, as huh. a matter of fact, there was a really adorable moment in the press conference where uh, a, a spokeswoman for the uh, community of Christ said something along the lines of, 
We'd like to thank the LDS Church for their generous acknowledgement of our role in this. <laughs> or something. It was really like, it was basically that. Like, That's amazing. Thanks for remembering that we were part of this at all. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Really funny. Huh. Um, so, but that's not what everybody was focused on. This, this, this old version of, uh, of the Book of Mormon is not what got a lot of press. Right. Would you like to reveal what got a lot of press? Some photos that were included in the publication. Right. Of... The, uh, one of the seer stones, <laughs> right, um, that Joseph Smith used during his, trans, his quote-unquote translation of uh, the, the, the gold plates, yeah. which were the, you know, where the, the Book of Mormon came from. Yeah, it's, it's a goofy-looking thing. It, it, it's actually a, a lovely stone. Sure. Um, As it, stones go. It's, 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 it's sort of a black and brown. It looks like it's got a wood pattern to it. Yes, it seems uh, maybe varnished, perhaps. It has a Polished. sheen. Sure, sure. It could be from maybe being handled, do you think? Sure, possibly, or, you know, whatever. Uh, it is egg-sized and shaped. Uh-huh. More or less, yeah. And it's, uh, it's a rock. This is the thing. Here's the big the big reveal here is that it's just a rock. It's nothing special, right? <laughs> it's yeah. It's cool looking. Yeah. They they even fo picture it with a little uh, sort of uh satchel yeah. that it was carried in. Well, well see, and here's the, the I look at this and I'm 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 baffled. <laughs> I'm baffled. And I, I get, I, I, I appreciate the church is trying to kind of dispel a lot of the the old rumors and whatnot, you know, and the, the things yeah. that people would kind of pick out and make fun of, you know. I mean, the, mm. because the, 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 the seer stones were featured in the, the, the that very famous South Park episode. Right, right. And so... Dum, I mean, dum, 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 dum. Exactly, right. And so, like, you know, the supposedly Joseph Smith put these in a hat, right? And he would look into the hat, and you, that's how the translation came to him. Right. The, the, he wasn't even, like, reading the golden The, the golden, golden plates. plates from which he, the, the Book of Mormon is said to be translated were not in the room. Why did he need them in the first place? Right. Which, sh 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 vicinity? Yes. Uh, it was just... The, it the, was, the, the seer stones only work it was more, nearby? It was just to prove uh, that it was all legit. Well, you, you you do that once. You don't have to lug them around. You know how much how, how much that he, thing weighed. He he didn't lug them around. There were nowhere to be found in most of this. What do you mean? What do you mean, Dan? I mean that what's his name that helped the, Oliver that, Cowdery that helped translate this didn't even see the the plates according to his own uh, thing. I mean, I would posit that he didn't ever see the plates, ah. but he didn't even see the plates until after all of this had gone down. Right. So, like... And this was Cowdery, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I had it somewhere, but yeah. now it's missing. I, I get all he those guys mixed up. a couple different scribes, right? Through the process? Uh, Martin Harris was Martin one of Harris, them. Martin Harris, Oliver Cowdery, and didn't even Emma scribe for a minute? Oh, probably. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Who knows? It's just... Uh, yeah. Uh, so... Oh, the pouch is leather. I thought it was fabric. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's, here's a quote. Uh, 
unlike what is depicted in one work, scribe Oliver Cowdery stated that he did not see the plates until after the translation was finished. Did you just say that? That's what I just said. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. Here's the thing. Um, there are lots of conflicting accounts. It's not... But, but the big thing is, growing up Mormon, you yeah. and I, yeah. growing up Mormon, I remember hearing something about stones and hats, uh-huh. but it all just sounded like anti-Mormon bullshit. Right. Well, this was something that someone made up to discredit Mormonism. Yeah, stones and hats always sounded really weird to me. That didn't... Because that wasn't in, like... Any of the church movies no. that you ever saw of this whole thing? There are artworks. There were artworks on Temple Square, I remember distinctly, Yeah, of Joseph with golden plates next to him scry- writing stuff down. Yeah. I remember that distinctly. Right. Now the church is saying, well, we can't be responsible for the work of artists who yeah. are just sort of making right. it up as they go. You put it on your own ground, you asshole. You knew better. Yeah. You had this stone in your possession. I am waiting for them to reveal his magic wand. (laughs) That's what I'm waiting for. Well, we need to find out first uh, where the sorting hat put him, uh, which (laughs) I'm going to say that he was a a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Well, uh, clearly there was no uh, magic wand, but there I I've always been. I've always understood that there were some, there are some relics that they say that they have, right? Yeah. Don't they say they have the sword of Laban? I don't know. And the brass plates, not the golden plates here, the the brass plates. Do they say that? I think I've never heard so. That. What about the Urim and Thummim? The Urim and Thummim were in the in the 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 case where the 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 golden plates were, right? <laughs> I when Moroni takes Joe Smith and takes him up the mountain. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That sounds, that all sounds right. There's stuff in there. And I remember there being like the sort of Laban and all these kind of things that were there. The Urim and Thummim, uh, for those of you. See, now here's the thing. That's what I thought he used to translate the, the book. No, that was the compass thing, right? No, that's the Liahona. That's the Liahona. Well, what the fuck is the Urim and Thummim? This is a problem, people. There's this weird history story. And let me tell you, growing up Mormon, you don't get the history. No, that's true. What you get is like what we believe, and you get a whole bunch of beliefs. You don't get this history. So right now, as we speak, Mormons are learning about this stone for the first time. Yeah. They're seeing it on all of these reliable sources from from you know from the 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 Salt Lake Tribune and the Deseret News here in Utah to all the way my mom sent me a Guardian article from the UK yeah yeah it's all and said sense. that it called the Guardian's uh, veracity as a as a publication into question for her <laughs> <laughs> like why are they covering this so is 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 this the Urim and Thummim no hang on I'm looking it up. I thought Urim. the Urim Thummim was, yeah, the thing that, he, that was the trans, that was the aid. That was the, the thing that helped, right? Uh, in the translation. You're well, absolutely okay, right. Okay, now mind you, the, so there is a, he, in the Hebrew Bible, according to Wikipedia, the Urim and Thummim um, are associated with the Hoshen, which is the high priest's breastplate, oh. uh, divination in general, and cleromancy, cleromancy. In ah, particular, okay. Uh, most scholars suspect that the phrase refers to specific objects involved in divination. Ah. 
is there is there a oh, Latter-day Saint movement? Here we go. Okay. Scrolling down. Joseph Smith, founder of the Latter-day Saint movement, uh, said that he used interpreters in order to translate the Book of Mormon yeah. from the Golden Plates. The interpreters he described as a pair of stones fastened to a breastplate joined in a form similar to that of a large pair of spectacles. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, Smith later referred to this object as Ur- the Urim and Thummim. Uh, in, ni- in 1823, Smith said that the angel Moroni, <clears throat> who had told him about the golden plates, also told him about the Urim and Thummim. Uh, two stones in silver bows fastened to a breastplate. This, it's all sounding very... Um, What's what's the Nick Cage ser- series of movies? Uh, National Treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all sounding very National Treasure to me. Okay. Uh, and uh, and Smith's mother, Lucy Mack Smith, described the uh, Urim and Thummim as being quote like two, like two smooth three cornered diamonds. So this little egg rock can't be that. Cannot be that. And I don't think that's what it is. But well, fuck it. I don't know. Honestly. It's all very confusing. It's all this. This just now we need to see the Urim and Thummim. Yeah, I demand. Right, I call upon the LDS Church. They're going to say that those are with the the plates, which are missing. Oh, the plate, yeah. No, the plates were taken back by they the were Lord. Taken back, yeah, because they didn't exist. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> but a rock, a little river rock, yeah. That he varnished and made shiny. Right. Uh, yeah, that's still around. Anyway, that was a big reveal. Um, it feels big to us. And there's going to be uh, clearly some more fallout. I don't know that it's going to be like a watershed moment in like the churches, like, you know, all the people who are on the fence with, with the church or anything. Yeah. But I bet a few people kind of fall off that fence. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there are a few people for whom that story has sort of lingered in the back of their minds yeah. of like the hat and the, the, the rocks. But, you know, until you actually see, oh, fuck, that's just a rock. Yeah. It changes it a little. It does change it. it like, cha- like, the, the, it, it, uh, yeah, anyway. it does make one wonder if somebody yeah. at the higher up in the more LDS church that, that has access to actually touching this rock ever, like, looked left, looked right, and when no one was looking, like, threw it into a hat and, like, and, like put their face in. <laughs> just to see what happens yeah all right well we gotta we gotta run uh um, thank you all for listening um i would go to the facebook page people facebook.com slash tgi atheist or on facebook search for the tgia members only lounge right request to join it right uh write to us podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com or leave us a voicemail the telephone number is 424-666-8442 we love to hear from you guys we sure do thanks Mackenzie, for all of your hard work on the on the facebook page and thanks to the red rock hot club for letting us use their music it's awesome and thank you dearest of listeners for your continued support we sure like it and for listening that too bye